Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, Van Carlson. Van, you are the CEO of SRA, and you are found on the web at 831B.com. Well, Van, thank you so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. For sure, for sure. So what does SRA have to do with 831B? And 831B (laughs) sounds familiar. What is that? Yeah, well, that's that's a tax code. So uh, 831B is a tax code found and was introduced in 1986 in the Tax Reform Act. Um, And it allows uh, business owners to recognize self-insuring risk and uh, tax tax preferential treatment. Um, And Congress, uh, there was incentive for Congress to pass that tax code. No different than the 401k was for retirees, Mm -hmm. retirement for business owners. Uh, 831Bs allows uh, clients that are self-insuring risk to use tax deferred dollars to do that. All right. Yeah. Explain the dollars and cents of this. Why is yeah, so, an 831 so, B plan you know, so I'll, vital? I'll stay with the 401k conversations. I mean, 401k is part of the tax code. 831B is part of the tax code. Um, and so, you know, two, there's two, uh, our clients are business owners. Um, you know, there's two, two tax deductions allow business owners to defer income in their operations. One is a 401k and one is an 831B. So uh, if you're going to have a 401k, you have to have a plan administrator. Uh, they have to administer to the plan, make sure you're in compliance, follow the rules and regulations, ERISA, no discrimination, all that good stuff. Under 831B, you have to do the same thing. So what SRA is, is an SRA, Strategic Risk Alternatives, we are an 831B administrator. So we administer the client's plans, uh, very similar to a 401k situation. So that's our relationship uh, with our business owners. Um, obviously, we educate. Uh, we make sure they stay in compliance. Um, there's a lot of advantages to owning an 831B, just like a 401k plan for you and your employees. Um, but there's a lot of rules and regulations that come along with it. And it's our job as the administrator to make sure that clients are adhering to those rules and regulations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, do you see what mistakes do you see um, from business owners uh, just in terms of maybe not planning for the future or, you know, giving themselves too much tax liability? You know, I, I you know, I got involved in 08 and, and under 831B plan administrators. Up to that point, I was a risk manager. I, I was a property casualty agent. I managed clients risk, uh, specifically business owners. And you know, I didn't know about it. And I wasn't that excited when I was told about it, truthfully. Uh, <laughs> leading up to that point, you know, that that what triggered me to really go into the 831B program and educate clients about it was due to the Great Recession. Um, you know, this code's been around for a long time, you know, going on what, 30 some odd years now. And, you know, it used to be used for very, you know, the Fortune 500 companies, publicly traded companies and very large, successful private businesses. Most of it because of due to fees. 
um, you know, after, you know, when there's more competition comes to any marketplace, you can see a contraction of fees. And that's essentially what's happening. Uh, it's taken a while to get there. Um, you know, and two, the, the code was hijacked for a while uh, by state tax planners. Uh, they were out promoting this program, not necessary for the risk mitigation and self-insuring risk business owners have, but it was used, used as a, what it was not designed to, and that was as an estate tax play. You know, um, one of the things I always talk to business owners about is, you know, if I have a risk uh, that I can't transfer traditionally with to, you know, if I can't go out and have travelers or a car for whoever, take over that risk for me based on a premium I pay then, then I retain that risk. Well, if I took a dollar and said, hey, if this happens, I'm going to use this dollar over here to manage that risk. Uncle Sam says, no, no, no. Self-insuring risk is not a deduction. So in 1986, when the Reform Act came into being, is because farmers were finding themselves self-insuring for crop insurance. Today, we crop insurance is heavily subsidized by the federal government, but uh, up until that point, it was private sectors that were self, self uh, were insuring farmers for crop insurance. They were getting out of it. It was became too volatile, wasn't profitable business, and mm. farmers found themselves self-insuring it. So Congress got together under the 86 Reform Act and introduced this code. Um, and then really, it, it just didn't get used a lot. I mean, auto dealers use it a lot for their for their extended warranty service contracts. And, and really, it was, a, it was a tool being used for the big guys. And, you know, that's typically not my client, our client. Um, you know, we want the small to middle market business owners, the mom and pops, the risk takers, the, the people that are the lifeblood of our economy um, to know about these tools as well. And so it's just getting the word out and, and making sure that it makes sense for the business owner. And, and it's a long process. It's an educational process. And at the end of the day, it's a tool. And for yeah. the right client, it's a great tool. So can any business owner do this? I see that you have something, it's called a four-part test. Can we, is that the framework for who qualifies to do this? Four-part test allows you to elect under the 831B. I will tell you that it, we have get, we have clients across the country, all parts of different industries and for different reasons um, why they would do participate in our program. Predominantly, a lot of it, unfortunately, due to COVID-19, obviously, we've had a tick up of interest because of it, because a lot of clients find themselves self-insuring risks they didn't, they weren't even aware of, right? One of them being indirect losses on business interruption, huge, mm. huge thing. Um, and so, you know, uh, I would tell you any successful enterprise can do this, any industries, um, you know, there is a, there's rules and regulations to it. We go through a process, you know, the the way I explain it is, you know, this this thing has to be a box. Has to, the box has to look and feel like an insurance company. And as the administrator of your 831B plan, we make sure that box stays like a box. And so, you know, there's, I, I will tell you this, just like a 401k plan, we think it's going to become a normal business practice to own some kind of form of an 831B plan. No different than the 401k. Uh, it's, it, you know, with time and education, uh, better regulations. There are some case precedents in the courts now that completely outline how you're supposed to, to interact with an 831B plan. Um, and it's became very clear. And that's really where the four-part test comes in is, are you, you know, no different than when you're taking, you know, are you for, going through a 401k process? Are you adhering to the rules and regulations of a 401k? So think of a four-part test that we we do as, as adhering to the election of the 831B. Because here's the thing about the 831B, and the advantages is this. 
if I'm taking, if I, if I'm putting money into my 831B plan, I'm expensive. I'm expensing at my operating company, putting money into that premium, we call it into a 831B plan under the 831B tax code. You can deduct, you, you can put up to $2.3 million a year into that plan. And that box, which is happens to be also a C-corp does not pick that, but pick that up as income. The only thing this, the only thing that box that C Corp is going to pay taxes on is investment income. So you can try to see the advantages, right? So now I'm able to defer taxes, put it into a vehicle, have it build up those reserve surpluses, only pay investment income taxes, you know, on dividends and stuff like that when I share sell stock or whatever, and I pay corporate tax tax rate. Down the road, you know, I sell my business, I have claims, I have all these other things going on. I'm able to use that bucket of money and it becomes, it becomes another asset to the business owner. Uh, So much so that, you know, it can be a a life-changing situation um, for business owners at the right time, whether it's selling their business or whether they have a catastrophic type claim that, you know, unfortunately happened a lot last year for a lot of business owners. And, uh, you know, we're in a position to make sure that they were kept whole somehow, some way through the utilization of our program. And, uh, you know, but, you know, that's a long answer to your question, but I do think it has a lot to do with your fees. I I think we were, we're very um, attentive to that. We think Mm -hmm. all business owners, some kind of form should own some kind of form of an 831B plan and we never want fees to kill a deal. So, you know, ultimately the client's got to be the winner here and, and that's what we focus on. Yeah. How are fees structured? So like, how do we know that we can, is that we can do this because the 401k is easy, super easy. Yeah, exactly. But you know, if you go back 10, 15, 20 years ago, it wasn't easy. It was extremely expensive to do, right? I mean, they were selling A shares in these things, the plan administrators, there weren't that many. So the fees were extremely high. And now they've been beat down so much so that, you know, it's become very manageable for anybody, you know, three or four employees can do it for, you know, you can justify the 401k. I, I tell clients this, you want to at least be able to contribute about $80,000 a year on average to a plan at minimum. Um, you know, again, it's a tool in the toolbox. Some clients can, you know, it really depends on what's going on in the business, what their revenues look like. And, 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 you know, we have some educational videos on our website and all that good stuff. But the reality is, is, you know, educate, understand it. Um, and then from there, we can dive more into the details of the numbers. Um, to really make that make sense for them or not. Um, you know, I think a lot of clients, they lose a lot of sleep over a lot of the risks they take to run their business. And, you know, it's from employee practices to supply chain risk to unfortunately dispute resident, you know, in a dispute, legal disputes, uh, everything down to uh, brand damage and cyber coverage, right? There's a lot of things that we can lose sleep over if we start going down the road as a business owner. And that's really where I think, um, you know, I say I'm very passionate about it. I, I, you know, I think if you're a successful enterprise, you're a business owner, you owe it to your your family, your business, and and your employees to to learn about these types of tools, and and whether it's a good fit or not. I think the money and the and the, and you know, we can show all that, but I don't want to put anybody in a box whether they can qualify or not qualify for it based on the amount of they can contribute. I think again, it's you know, if you can't get there today. You, hopefully your business will grow anyway and it'll make sense for you down the road. But again, I think it's just a matter of knowledge. So that's why we like, appreciate your, you know, 
uh, just being able to get on the opportunity to speak about our product and our program and our company on, on your platform, uh, just to get the word about it. And I think that's the biggest thing is we have to do is get the word about, get word out there to clients, to advisors, consultants, coaches, and all that. And um, again, for the right client, it's a great tool. I think maybe a lot of business owners um, love reinvesting in their own company and reinvesting in their own business. At what point might they say, you know what? Uh, we should probably start <laughs> start getting money into an 831B. Like, are, you know, what, how do we know when to do that? What, what might be a good litmus well, test that, oh yeah, it's over time to do it? That's a great question. You know, the, here's what I would say to you. You know, if I'm having a good year, just to take a little bit off the top, park it off to the side, still be able to expense it, and then drop it into an 831B where that's not picking it up as income. Not only is that great risk management, but it's just good business. You know, you know. Unfortunately, a lot of clients, and this is going back to my property casualty days when you know, I love the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, clients will call up and say, "Hey, my CPA says I owe 100 grand in taxes. I'm going to buy a couple more trucks and another skid steer." Um, great. Well, I got to insure that, so I made more money. Everybody's making more money until we don't, right? And then comes 08 along, and all they did was leverage. You know, they just took that, they accelerated the depreciation, all the equipment, and but then they financed the equipment. So what they did essentially was, was somewhat of a definition of insanity. If I'm having a good year and I go out and do those things, and it, whether you're, you know, if you're doing it because the tax tail's wagging the dog, or you're doing it because you're, you're trying to grow your business, good on you. But if it's because you're tax motivated, then all you're doing is betting next year is going to be better than this year. And the reason why you're doing that is because you just took on more debt for next year that you're going to have to pay, pay, and you won't be able to write that off other than the interest. That's that's a little crazy, you know. And unfortunately, business owners are very limited on their knowledge of the tax code. And I would tell you, you know, I, a lot of that comes from the CPA community where this is the promotion they make: go buy more stuff. You know, it's always the joke about go buy the plane. Well, great, go buy a plane. That sounds like a really good idea for a lot of people. Uh, you know, it's stuff like that that kind of irritates me because the reality is, is when the world takes a turn, you know, is a bank going to come and give you a bigger line of credit? Or are they all of a sudden going, hey, well, don't worry about making payments for the next year. You know, that's not going to happen. And that's and, and so for me, it's about risk management, risk mitigation and, and taking recognizing risk business owners take every day to go do what they do. I think it was no more apparent than last year. And it continues throughout this year, unfortunately. Um there's just a lot of risk that business owners self-insure for. They cannot transfer that risk through normal channels. They can't, hey, I own a building, I want to cover it for fire. Well, I can, there's so much competition out there for that policy, right? Um, but if I'm worried about my brand damage, my brand cut of my business, or I'm worried about my supply chain, or hey, I have an intellectual property or intellectual contracts, and now they're being they're being, you know, compromised by now out of the third party. Where am I going to get the money for that? Go fight that fight, right? So uh, there's a list of things that go on out there that unfortunately business, you know, our, our government agency tells me I got to shut down. I shut down, you know, I, what, what am I going to do? I mean, you, the rent still has got to be paid. You know, all these things still need to happen. My, my SBA loans, you know, the government stepped in and did a lot of different programs. Thank, thank God. But the reality is, is I don't want to rely on the federal government for any kind of programs. They put a tax code in front of me 
that I can take advantage of, understand the rules, and play the game the best you can. I think who you know, I talk about the competition of, of the world we live in. If all things being equal between two teams and you're competing to win, and you understand the rules better than the other team, there's a good chance you're gonna have it out, you're gonna win. And that's all I would tell any business owner. Understand the rules, pay the game best you can, fairly and honestly, um, and make sure you have good people around you, right? I mean, the consultants, uh, uh, trusted advisors, CPAs, all those good things, uh, and understand the program and and go forward or not go forward. But, you know, I, I think, you know, you have to, you have to, and in today's world, it's just too volatile of a world not to be able to take advantage of all the tools available to you. So, Van, your website is 831B.com. When folks go there, what should they click on? How, how do they engage with you? So there's a couple, you know, <laughs> I love websites today, don't you? I mean, but you can roll down. There's a couple of educational videos in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and absolutely, there's a contact button. I would love, you know, we have a very good responsive team. Uh, we have team all over the country. Uh, we have, uh, I don't know, 170, 180 representatives of, of, of SRA along with my in-house team uh, that can definitely put you in contact and really get to know and educate the, uh, yourself on this program. Um, you know, if you survived, if you survived 08, which a lot of people did, obviously, or you started a business since 08, or you, and you survived through COVID-19 and you continue to start, I just think going forward, if there's a better way, you just owe it to yourself, you owe it to your business, and you owe it to your family, and you owe it to employees who work for you to position yourself in a better way. And this tool allows you to do that. Yeah. All right, Van Carlson, you're the founder and CEO at SRA. Your website is 831B.com. Van, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. 
My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.